We bless the Lord um, for bringing us this morning at his feet to worship him. So it's good to set up your day in the word of God. Yeah, so it's good to set up your day in fellowship. Um, can we pray yet, yet once again? Father God, we thank you for bringing us here. And we, we want to continue to lift up our voices in prayer, God. And we want to pray that you will speak to us through your word, O oh Lord. Speak to us, we want to hear your voice, O oh Lord, above anything else today. And as I speak, Lord, I pray that you loosen my tongue. I pray that, Lord, I won't speak what I know. I won't speak uh, what just stands out for me, but, Lord, um, it will be your voice because your voice is supreme above everything else. I give you honor and worship. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, my name is Jude. I, I am a parishioner here at All Saints Cathedral, and I serve with the Teens Ministry. Um, yes, and I'm so happy for this opportunity to share um, in the benefits of a gospel you know, the gospel is one that brings us together, is one um, that brings us together as a family, whether Jew or Gentile, you know, whether short or tall, the gospel brings us together. And I like what Jesus says um, when he says that, um, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me, all men to me. So the gospel of Jesus Christ, the cross of Jesus Christ brings us together, and what a joy it is for us to be a family of God. So this morning, I am going to be sharing, uh, as, as Sister Doka said, the unchanging character of God. Uh, that's our topic for today. That's our topic for today. It's what I'm going to be. It's what I'm going to be sharing, and it's taken. Uh, our main passage is going to be in the book of Numbers, uh, chapter twenty-three, uh, from verses sixteen to twenty-one. The book of Numbers. Chapter 16, the book of Numbers, chapter 23, verses 16 to 21. And I'll read there. Uh, the Lord met with Balaam and put a message in his mouth and said, Go back to Balak and give him this message. So he went to him and found him standing beside his offering with the princes of Moab. Balak asked him, what did the Lord say? Then he uttered his oracle. Arise, Balak, and listen. Hear me, son of Zippah. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he, not, does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot change it. No misfortune is seen in Jacob, no misery observed in Israel. The Lord their God is with them. The shout of the king is among them. That's the word of the Lord. Yeah, so um, this whole passage is a bigger passage. And for context, um, I would like to just um, take us back to chapter 23, chapter 22 and 23 as a whole, so that we get to understand uh, th this passage. You know, the book of Numbers uh, is one that records uh, kind of uh, 
the final journey, the final journey of the Israelites, yeah, as they uh, as they come to winding up their 40 years of wandering in the desert. And so in these chapters, we see um, an interaction, you know, between uh, Balak. Uh, Balak is a king of Moab and Balaam is a prophet. Yeah. So we see an interesting um, interaction between the two concerning Israel. Yeah. And one of the most interesting characters you'll ever find in the Bible is um, this guy called Balaam. Yeah. In all honesty, um, I have had some hard time figuring out this guy. He starts out and you think he's a man following God. You know, he says and does all the right things. When you encounter him in this in, in this book of numbers, you know, he's a guy who dines with a king. He's well known among his own people and he's a legend in the neighboring lands. He's also uh, the only person I've ever read about who actually talks with a donkey. So Balami's story is found in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament, uh, you may you, you find Peter and Jude mention him by name. In fact, you'll even find him again in Revelation. There's more page coverage given to, to this donkey-riding prophet than Mary, the mother of Jesus, and than the apostles. His God presentation, he has God's ear, and he clearly hears God's voice. So who is this donkey-riding guy? Was he genuine, and how did, he, and how did his donkey um, get so smart? So more importantly, what we can learn from this prophet um, so I would ask a question, what can we learn uh, from this prophet uh, with, a, with a, a talking donkey? So we are going to look at him. Uh, We're going to look at Balaam and Balak um, in how they're recorded in the, in the chapters 22 and 24. So as Israel journeys and journeys and journeys to the promised land, uh, Israel comes out in the plain of Moab. And as I said earlier, this is near the end of their 40 years of wandering in the desert. Yeah. So Balak was king of Moab and he had seen what had happened to uh, the other nations in the neighborhood that stood against Israel. You know, wherever Israel uh, passed, they used to win all the enemies, all the people they found in their way, they used to win them. Yeah. So Balak, the king of Moab, had seen. And he had heard about what Israel had done. So he was scared. These guys uh, have camped in his land. These guys have camped uh, in his plain. So he was a bit scared of what would happen next because he had heard the news, he had read history, and he was scared as any other king would be. Someone has come into your territory. You can't just sit back and relax. So what uh, Balak does is hiring uh, a well-known prophet yeah. So Balak wants this prophet to issue a curse against Israel so that uh, the Moabites could defeat the Israelites and get them out of their backyard. And so this is where Balaam looks like a real man of God. He, he, he takes his time to ask God what to do. You know, he listened when God instructed him not to go with Balak's men. The king sent his men back a second time with more money to persuade this seer, Balaam, to come and curse Israel. And again, he refused. And so this looks like obedience. But if you look at uh, chapter 
22 of Numbers and verses 19, uh, it says, but stay here one more night and I will see if the Lord has anything else to say to me. So what's going on here is um, this prophet, Balaam, wants to do what God has told him not to do. And we, we all do that now and then, and it's never a good thing, but God allows us to do um, what we want to do. That's something called the permissive will of God. It means that he will sometimes allow us to do something that we insist on doing, even when we want, uh, even when it directly opposes his will. So I can't explain this any other better than saying that sin carries consequences. So many things have gone wrong in my life when I've done that, and I'm sure everyone here can relate. That's what Balaam is doing here. And it's probably the, the money that's enticing him, the gifts, you know, that the king has promised him that after casting Israel, hey, man, I'll, I'll give you all these things. So Balaam is trying to, you know, to kind of bend the will of God. He's trying to, to look for a way of bending the will of God. So what lessons do we pick from here? So what happens next is uh, God says, you want to go? Then you can go. So God sees something in the heart of Balaam that is easy to, that is easy to miss. Um, you'll find that by backing up two verses uh, in, 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 in chapter 2 and verses 18, that even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of God. So his thoughts were on that increased bounty, that increased offer, that Balak's men had bought before this prophet uh, Balaam. And, 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 and I can see this when Peter writes, yeah? Peter wrote out about this and pointed out that Balaam's way was greed. Sadly, you could probably name at least one modern pastor these days whose measure of success is how many books they sell rather than how many lives that are changed by their books. And I like what Peter writes in um, 2 Peter chapter 2 and verses 15 to 16. They have wandered off the right road and followed the footsteps of Balaam, son of Bear, who loved to earn money by doing wrong. But Balaam was stopped from his mad course when his donkey rebuked him with a human voice. Yeah, so we look at a donkey rebuking uh, Balaam, and I'd like to also talk more about this. And so in this narration of, talking, of, the, of the talking donkey, uh, it does not suggest that God's sense of humor uh, but also, it 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 looks as the uh, the prophet's response. Yeah, the prophet answers this animal. In all seriousness, in verses um, twenty-one to thirty-five of chapter twenty-two, it gives us a whole a lot more to think about than a talking donkey. First, the donkey makes Bala mad because he disobeys his lead, and it wanders off the road. That's because God allowed the, the animal to see the angel of the Lord standing in the way. You know, even a jackass has the discernment to not stand against an angel with a sword in his hand. So this donkey had seen, uh, this donkey had seen the angel standing in the road with a sword in his hand. And apparently, the donkey has more spiritual discernment than our prophet here, Balaam. So Balaam's focus was on the, was on the reward, and no doubt the response was to beat uh, the donkey. Yeah. So secondly, the angel of the Lord is astonishing because all evidence points to this being none other than a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, in the flesh. We knew this because 
In verses 31, Balaam sees this angel. And he did what we, all, we, we would all do. You know, he fell on his face. But if we're not Jesus, the angel would have commanded uh, him to get off the ground. So angels in scripture do that because um, they don't want to be worshipped. Yeah, so we can look at Balaam's schemes and Israel's sins. So in Numbers 23, uh, our main chapter for today, the prophet for hire finally meets up with the king. We see Balaam meeting up with the king and uh, Balaam gives the first two of his prophecies. Don't forget that Balak is offering a reward to curse Israel, but the prophet is only allowed to speak as God leads. So what Balaam does is to bless Israel and he does not uh, bless Israel once, but twice. You know, the first blessing is a prophecy that Israel would be multiplied. And that is in verses 7 to 10. And the second, he proclaims that with God on, on, on their side, Israel is indestructible and that God will not change his promises. Meanwhile, in Israel's camp, there is sin. Some of the men had brought uh, prostitutes of the pagan deity Baal into the camp. And Balaam not only knew it, but also may have kind of instigated it. So that could be why the prophet presumes that God will condemn Israel and he in turn would collect the reward from Balak. So this is more than just um, a TV drama, you know, but what Balaam did not understand was that God had already dealt with Israel's sin and God had forgiven them. You know, he wasn't going to let anyone bring accusations against his people after he had already dealt with them. So we can look at the error that uh, Balaam does here. And you don't need to miss this one. How many times, uh, like Balaam against Israel, does certain bring accusations against you and I? Just like Israel, God has dealt with our sin. God has dealt with your sin. If you have received Christ as your savior, your sin is judged in Christ on the cross. When you place your faith in him, the sin of a Christ follower is between them and God. There's no third party, you know? Uh, and I would relate with what, uh, with what Paul asks in, 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 in Romans chapter 8. He says, who will bring charges against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ is the one who died, and more than that, who was raised, who is also at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. So the error of Balaam is twofold. First, he does not understand God's righteousness and how he passed that to those who put their faith in him. Second, his error was compromising uh, his own morality in order to appease a pagan king, you know. So like Balaam, many Christians today are full of compromise. If you think that sounds familiar, it should. Um, Christians today are full of compromise. We compromise by the kind of words we allow to come out of our mouths. We compromise, but why... But we compromise by, by what we feed on, you know, what we watch, the movies we watch, the books we read, the music we listen to, and by who we, we hang out with and what we do while we are hanging out. Some even compromise by, by what verses in the Bible they choose to, to overlook so as not to be, you know, you know, to be offensive. But I, I like what Jude says in, in, in Jude 11, that woe to them, for they have traveled in the way of Cain. And they have given themselves up to the era of Balaam for gain. And they have perished in the rebellion of Kola. So 
There's one more lesson uh, that we learn here from the New Testament writers, how they teach us about this whole Testament character and, and, and his false doctrine, you know? The hired prophet could not cast Israel for Balak. So he taught the pagan Moabites to seduce Israel instead. He showed Israel's enemy their unguarded back door. And this happened in chapter, chapter 25 because Israel fell into the trap, you know, and over 24,000 Israelites died. So do you remember when I said that your sin was judged in Christ after you put your faith in him? That doesn't mean that God won't discipline his people. We need to understand that condemnation and discipline are the same. So uh, when we look at Revelation chapter, 20, chapter 2 and verses 14, it says, but I have a few things against you, that you have there those who hold fast to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, to eat food, sacrifice to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. So we can see uh, that the devil still works just like he has always done. You know, just like these characters, uh, the devil cannot directly cast God's people. So he finds another approach. He looks for the back door we've left open. And so like Israel, his wage in the church today is more around idolatry. It is more around uh, sexual immorality. You can look at homosexuality and mention that like many things, you know, but uh, we need to understand something here. We need to understand and pick some lessons from Balaam, the prophet. You know, this donkey riding prophet, you know, you might like him when you meet him in the, in, in the beginning, yeah, because his heart was right with God, but because of the rewards from the, from, from, from the king, he pursued greed, he pursued compromise, you know, so there are lessons uh, of Balaam and they are still infiltrating the church and individual lives of, and the individual lives of us today. Yeah, so I would like to uh, pose a question to us as I come to a conclusion. Yeah, so we can conclude that God extends the same favor towards us today, his followers who are ready to embrace and who are ready to embrace us as we seek him. Yeah, God does not lie. He did not lie then and he will not lie now. God keeps his word with the people throughout the generations. You know, throughout the hardships they faced, God is consistent. So if we were to look at the character of God towards the Israelites, you know, even when uh, the king, King Balak, tries to, you know, tries to uh, entice uh, Prophet Balaam with all these rewards, all these things to come against the God's people. God, God had already promised Israel. So we see God keeping his promise. No matter what uh, the Israelites had done, God in his character is one who keeps his promise. God in his character is one uh, who, does, who will not change his mind. Yeah, as we see in, in verses, uh, verses 19 of chapter 23, that God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. And so it is good that the God we serve is one who is consistent. Who, who is consistent. It is good that the God we serve is one who is not quick to change his mind, is one who, when he has said something, is able to do it. And so it is a joy for us that the God that we serve today uh, is faithful to keep his promise. Maybe along the way we have many things that hinder us from seeing this 
We have many things that hinder us uh, from believing uh, this promise. But we have hope in him that whatever he has promised, he will fulfill just as he did for the Israelites back then. He's able to do for us today. So what we need to do as a church is to uh, continue to look to him, continue to trust him because trust is a key component of working with him. When we understand uh, that this God is a promise-keeping God, is a promise-keeper, we need to continue to trust in him, knowing that what he has promised is able to fulfill. What he has promised is able to do. He's not like men, you know, who change like shifting shadows. He's able to do what he has promised. So how many times have you looked back on him? How many times have you forsaken him and gone your own way? Because it is an easier route. How many times? How many times are they? So this passage is, is, is trying to confirm to us that God uh, is one who keeps his promises. He does not lie, just like men do, you know, and that's the supremacy of God. That's how high our God is above any other gods in this place. So I'd like you to just take off a moment and think about those times where you, you have not trusted him, where you have had to travel another path away from the one that he has instructed you to, you know, to embrace, where you have had to, you know, forsake the Christian principles. You know, maybe sometimes you've even given up in prayer, you know, you have forsaken prayer. You have not looked at prayer as a key to connect with God. Maybe sometimes you've um, forsaken reading his word because that's where he speaks to us. Maybe sometimes you have looked for other gods somewhere. You have gone for idols and forsaken this God. Let me just think about those times. You know, we have this confidence, this confidence that the God we serve is a supreme God. The God we serve is one who does not miss his words. The God we serve uh, is an omnipotent God, all-powerful. The God we serve is one that is full of grace and truth. There is no lie in him. There's justice in him. And so, Father God, we want to thank you for this morning. We want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for charging us to obey you, for charging us to, to trust you, to cling onto the hope, to cling onto that promise that you've laid out for us. That promise that is in your word, O oh Lord, that promise. Uh, that we get to see through your son, Jesus Christ, that he comes to die for us, to die for our sin. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your church, oh, Lord, today, that you've promised, oh, God, that you will build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, oh, Lord. Lord, we want to continue to pray that you will build your church, you will strengthen it, O oh Lord. That you will open our eyes to understanding your character, you will open our eyes to understanding who you are, 
And so then, Lord, we can trust you. We can walk humbly with you, O Lord. We can walk in righteousness and holiness, knowing that you who promise is faithful, knowing that you who promise is able to fulfill, O Lord. We want to give you honor and praise. We want to give you worship. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you, Jude. Uh, friends, a good rising. Uh, internet was. Jude, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's receive this word and bless Jude. Our God and our Father, thank you for your servant, Jude. Thank you for your unchanging character. Thank you, Lord, that you made your servant to give us straight points of where we have behaved like Balak. Lord, I pray that you cover him. Lord, I pray you cover his family. I pray that you bless him. I pray that, Lord, the blessings that he has talked about, the children of Israel, that were blessed by Balak wanted to curse. I pray that whoever wants to curse him will bless him. I pray that all the attacks that may come under Jude's, under Jude's life, under his children, under his family, under his father's household, it will be a blessing. My God and my Father, as a church, that Lord, every attack that is fashioned against all saints will be a blessing. Lord, we know that the attacks under the earth that are created by Satan, but the attacks that are created by greed. Lord, cover your servant. This is a sensitive topic that he has hit every point. Cover your servant, cover his household, and cover his loved ones. In Jesus' name, I pray. Friends, sorry, I came in just in time as Jude was starting, but I just want to ask also a question, like Jude was had. How many times have you behaved like Balak? How many times have you behaved like Balaam? How many times do you want God to change? When is somebody else's situation that somebody is going to be promoted and you want to hide the letter, that somebody is going to get married and you want to interfere with the kuhingira or the traditional marriage? How many times is it that somebody is going to be blessed in any way, but you, you form an alliance and you want to, to destroy the person? I also want to leave those questions because as I was uh, meditating on this uh, uh, chapter last night and working through it, Judah has talked to us, has talked to you, has talked to me. The Balam Bala character is in all of us, even dealing with children, yeah? parents dealing with children. You know, you want to change. It is Jude and you want to give it to Allen. It is uh, Jimmy, you want to give it to, 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 to Alfred. Hey, you, you think that, but this Balam here. So I want us to bring repentance where we've behaved like Balaam. We wanting to untwist God. Oh, 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 let me not leave the mothers. Fathers, let me first spare you. Mothers, marriage, marriage, hmm? including myself. Huh? 
when this boy comes, then you say, ah, ah, that one is a tall guy, I don't want him. That one is a muchiga, I don't want that actually. Ah, this karamojong. Like, Ali, no, 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 no. Balam, balam spirit in us, balam to, to this morning. Let's deal with the balam spirit personally. I just unmute and repent of balam spirit and balak. Both, they go, the two go together. That's why you see it is in Jude, it is in Revelation, and Peter talks about it because it is the spirit that is killing the church. Over the weekend, on Saturday particularly, we sat at as intercessors on the big tent and we were dealing with an issue concerning the church. And we were asking ourselves, which door have we left open? Which gate have we left open? It's an all saints issue which is eating us. And we are all hitting ourselves. Which door have we left open? Yesterday again, we went into prayer at the new church. We are asking ourselves, which door have we op opened? So even as we talk, for me, this one is just right because we have, we have an issue that we are dealing with at church. So please, can you unmute and just repent of the Balaam, Balak spirit in us? Now, this Balaam Balak spirit, you know, when, when, when Jude was reading, and if you go back and read this chapter, as Balaam was walking with, or going with a donkey, and the donkey opened the mouth, the, the scripture said, Zah, Zah, the angel of the Lord. That one is not an angel, that is God Himself. In the scriptures, when in the Old Testament, when you meet that word, Zah, angel, just know Jesus himself was on the donkey. And it is not just the angel. The Lord came and hit Balaam. Have you had circumstances where God has hit you and you had? Be there. You continue. Even now, now, you know God is saying, don't do this one. Don't sign this one. Don't agree with this. And you know there can be many. Because you see, the group of people can overpower you. And that is what sometimes as prayer people or as intercessors, just as Jude was speaking, we are overpowered because everybody in the office is saying it is like this. Please, just keep to your God. Keep to your God. When things get tough, you just keep, 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 keep and ask God that God, hold me, hold me. I am almost falling, but Lord, you hold me and God will hold you. You may be the bad person, but let me tell you, don't go through the way of Balaam. That money, that money, which Balak is giving, you're joking, you will not eat it. Did Balaam eat it? You will not eat it. So let's pray. Our God and our Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for the clergy that there are many this morning. Lord, I pray as a sheep that, Lord, we shall not go away what direction. Lord, mm -hmm. as clergy, we shall learn to, uh, uh, as men of God, that the clergy will learn to listen to God and guide us and be with us, my God and my Father. We shall not be tempted to be balaks as, as, as lady, that, Lord, we shall manipulate the system. Or at church, whether in government, whether in wherever we work, Lord, we are there to bless and that is the only thing you've told us. Everything we do, 
everything. Our hands are to bless. Our mouths are to bless. Our actions are to bless. There is not a time you brought us on earth that we should curse. It is blessing. Lord, when there is a challenge, it is you who curses because you come and you, you reign on high. My God and my Father, our enemies have also come against us in most cases and we curse. Lord, forgive us where we cursed because, Lord, we delay your intervention. Forgive me where I've cursed. My God and my Father, I ask that, Lord, you come, rend the heavens this morning. Lord, as we are in this month, Lord, there are so many challenges. There are so many people who are traumatized. There are so many people who went through their loved ones, died in the issue of COVID particularly, and people cast because of the money. Lord, we saw that, but even, Lord, as our... Our, 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 our leader yesterday, Reverend Florence, talked about people losing people. Lord, we are reminded that the spirit of Balaam and Balak reigned at this time two years ago. People... <laughs> Lord, we pray that... Sorry for the, for the mute. I was saying that two years ago, Reverend Florence was reminding us yesterday, most of the people lost people because there was a spirit of Balaam and Balak operating in the nation. The deaths we got from COVID were all, most of them were greed for money because the doctors were able to intervene and people would have intervened, but they first wanted money before they could touch a patient. I pray that, Lord, I pray that we bring repentance over this spirit because life was lost which could have not been lost. People would have been saved because the first, first COVID, people were saved. Second COVID, we played about it. But if you look at it, it was carelessness. And it was the spirit of Balaam and Balak operating you people. Balaam and Balak spirit, they go together. People wanted money. And so there was no oxygen. So even water was not there, which could have been given. I want to pray that we repent. I'm just going to bring repentance because I work in the health sector. And so let me just bring that repentance. If there are any nurses on the, on the call, Suzanne, I know you're on call. Let's bring repentance over this thing. If there are doctors on call, it's, it's weighing, it's weighing. Even yesterday as Reverend Florence talked, now it has just hit hard on me that this Balaam spirit was on us. Whom do you know? Whom do you want to, to live? It's so painful. Let us, let us just bring repentance over this issue. Susan, unmute and I'm going to unmute myself. My God and my Father, we work with the health sector. And Father God, you know what happened two years ago, one year ago. Lord, we had losses. Losses that could have been averted in the health sector. But because this spirit of Balaam and Balak operated, my God and my Father, have mercy on us. Have mercy on the doctors. Have mercy on the nurses. Have mercy on the nurses. Have mercy on everyone, the administrators, so us in the administration department, us in the finance department. My God and my Father, sometimes the spirit works in many ways. Sometimes it's, uh, it's even on arrivals. So, Lord, have mercy on us. Cover us with your precious blood. 
watch over everything that concerns your children in Uganda. And so, Lord, we worship you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Now, I'm going to parliament. We know what is going on. We know money is exchanging hands. There you can see it. Now that, now that it's not you, you see it there. The spirit of Balaam. If you're not really seeing it when Jude was talking, it is there now for the bill. Hmm? There's attack on his grace. There's attack on the nation. There's attack on everywhere. The NMP who's raised, they have attacked. The speaker is attacked. Everybody. Change, 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 change. You know, Balak is saying money is here, here, here to our MPs. And Balaam is now, please, please, please change, change the prophecy. prophecy pray. Let's pray that these people will stand. Just pray behind the scene and pray that our parliament will stand. You know, they have threatened all letters. If they can threaten his grace. So the other ones are not. You see, if his grace has been threatened, I hope you are praying for his grace. Because you see, all those threats, but God will sort us out of this spirit. Our God and our Father, I pray for our Father in the Lord, the most reverend Dr. Kazimba. Lord, even with the threats of Balak, that he has had, hired Balak to write letters to him. Lord, just like the letters of Senachiru, threatening the Church of Uganda, threatening the, the, the province of the Church of Uganda, threatening the whole church in Uganda, the Christ Church. My God and my Father, I pray that, Lord, open your mouth, rend the heavens as that donkey, and come and deal with our accusers. Lord, our God, our parliamentarians have been threatened. But, Father God, we know, and we know that you still reign, and you never change. That is why, when you don't change, you will hold us accountable for our bad deeds. But we know that you will support us. Thank you, our God and our Father. We pray that, Lord, our parliamentarians will stick to what the God of Israel has said. And so, Lord, cover us this morning. Cover our families. Cover our children. Cover our businesses. Cover our jobs. Cover our investments, oh, Lord, from the spirit of Balaam. Lord, today, if Balaam comes to entice anybody who has loved him and our loved ones, may you, oh, Lord, come as a donkey and tell the person no. Thank you, our God and our Father. Thank you for your servant. Thank you for helping us. And thank you for teaching us to desist from the spirit of Bala. Because your love is unchanging. And also, not only your love, your conditions that you set are not, you are unchanging God. Because, Lord, you have taught us, you have told us to follow what you want us to follow. And Lord, we know that this second oracle, when Balaam wanted to, 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 to curse, you still restrained him. And he was hard-headed. Lord, this spirit of peace, Lord, I am also reminded that in verses 14, he is taken to a field and the Pisgah spirit, I pray that will not come against us. Uh, because the Pisgah is, you see, but you don't benefit. And Lord, that's not happened even to Moses. It was at Pisgah that the Lord showed him where the inheritance. And he never entered the promised land. I pray that, Lord, the spirit of Pisgah is dealt in us. That, Lord, 
This spirit entices you to see. You see, but you'll never inherit it. And that's why even at, during Moses' time, he saw Canaan, but he never inherited. I pray that, Lord, we shall not see good things and don't inherit it because of the castle, because of being a bala. But, Lord, you have sold us. You are the same, and you do not change. Thank you for this teaching. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.